This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, another Republican debate, if you want to call it that, in the books last night, letting us know the state our politics is in, and even more so the threat our democracy faces. Joining us once again, we're always happy to have with us the chair of the Democratic National Committee, our dear friend and brother, Jamie Harrison. Jamie, how are you, man? I'm great, Rev. Thank you so much for having me, and happy holidays to you, my friend. (laughs) Same to you, man. Same to you and yours. So last night was another crazy and hostile type of thing, and... Folks, if you missed it, we, oh, but I, I think the chair would agree with me. You miss much. You, can, you, you know, get to the point, Jamie, where you can almost predict what's going to happen without even watching. It's like Groundhog Day. Yep. But it's still bizarre that people are shadow boxing with someone who isn't even there. That's and, exactly right. And shadow boxing really with, I think, someone we would call a phantom because we know what he's going to do. But yep. in general, what, what are your thoughts about last night? And is anything that stood out last night that you think motivates our base and even those leaning toward our base? Three words to describe last night is chaotic. It was petty and pathetic. It really was sad. I, I was on TV the other day and I said, on the Republican side, they have a bag of MAGA apples, Mark, and every single one of them is rotten, rotten to the core. And Donald Trump's the biggest rotten one. And he wasn't on the debate stage last night. And it's sad that most of them didn't even want to talk about him. He's the front runner for the Republican Party that they're trying to become the nominee. And they're too afraid of him to even say his name. It's almost like Voldemort from uh, uh, Harry Potter. You can't say his name. And it's, it's just really sad. And what's even worse is the policies that these folks are pushing for. They want to rip apart the Affordable Care Act. 40 million people are all, rely on this for health care in this country, and they want to tear it apart. And then they don't have an alternative for once they tear it apart, what they replace it with. You got Nikki Haley talking about Social Security and Medicare and how she wants to gut that. They are all for a national abortion ban. So issue after issue, these people aren't serious about improving the lives of the American people, but more about gaining power for power's sake. You also have to wonder, too, they, they say these things, they're still talking about health care. And how many years now have we had the Affordable Care Act? They don't even get what just happened in a state like Kentucky. No. Not only was the Democratic governor reelected because, obviously, the opponent, the brother Cameron, reacted very poorly, would not hold accountable the officers who killed Breonna Taylor. But the other reason was what got Bashir there in the first place. Even Republican and independent Kentuckians said, we kind of need some health care around here. Exactly right. (laughs) That's the bottom line. These Republicans, they didn't have to vote for a Democrat, but they finally realized we we could stand a little bit of health care. Am I right about that, Jamie? Oh, You're spot on. It's so ironic how Republicans love to call themselves the party of life, but they fight against giving people the, the thing to secure a healthy life, which is health care. Everybody needs health care. At one point in your life, you're going to need a doctor. You're going to need to go to the hospital. You, 
You need some reliable and affordable health care. Everybody needs it. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. And so that's why the Affordable Care Act is so popular, because people understand that. They understand that. But the Republicans who are in charge, they don't seem that just doesn't seem to factor in their consideration. Uh, so if they want to go down the road of, of raising the flag and say, we're going to rip away people's health care, we're going to rip away women's rights to control their own bodies, and we're going to rip away voting rights in this country and think that's going to be a, a winning platform, they can go right ahead. But we're going to make sure that we we educate the American people about who these folks really are. Uh, take away health care, attack women, more than 50 percent of the electorate. Yeah, that, that, that math doesn't quite add up. No, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know where they're getting with that. And then speaking of math, you and I bumped into each other on the train just yesterday. And at that moment, the news broke that Kevin McCarthy resigned. So now they have a three seat majority. I think it's three seats at this point, because if you take Kevin McCarthy out, they had a five seat majority. You take Kevin McCarthy out, you take George Santos out. And so the, that majority is getting narrower and narrower by the moment. And people are, are fleeing the Republican Party in the House like a sinking ship, rats off of a sinking ship. I mean, it, and that's what it is. Yeah. Rev, when you think about the, the contrast is so important, particularly in this election. I think you we haven't seen such a great contrast between the two parties. Mm -hmm. With a five-seat majority, Nancy Pelosi and House Democrats were able to pass the American Rescue Plan, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, the Chips and Science Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, and I can go on and on. Uh, first gun safety legislation in 30 years. They were able to get things done. They were able to deliver. With a five-seat majority for the Republicans over this past year, what have they done? Took them 15 times in order to get a speaker, nine months to lose it, 21 days to get a replacement for, for one. And the three most meaningful bills that they passed, increasing the debt ceiling so that we don't default on the nation's debt, and two continuing resolutions, guess what? A majority of Democrats, more Democrats voted for it than Republicans. Right. So what have these folks gotten done since they've been in power? And now they're trying this false impeachment thing because Joe Biden lent his son alone. How many of us have lent our family members money? <laughs> and the, the, the great thing is Hunter paid him back. I'm still waiting on some of my family members to pay me back. <laughs> but is that now something you impeach somebody over? This shows you that these people are not serious. They are not serious. They cannot lead, and all they want is power. Whereas when Democrats are in charge, we deliver. We actually get things done to improve the lives of the American people. Yeah, and, and that's clearly where we are. How are you feeling as we get ready to go into the new year? We've had some polls that have that have really been that have really been all over the place. And then we've seen some other polls that aren't so much all over the place. People get concerned about polls. Should they? Is it? No. Should people? It's early for all that, isn't it? It, it is so early for that. And Mark, I, I remember all the polls going into the midterms that said, oh, there's going to be this huge red wave. And what we saw were a bunch of red tears because the, the wave never uh, was realized. We saw polls going into the last November election saying the Republicans in Virginia were going to cons consolidate their power in Virginia. And yet now we have a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate in the state of Virginia. And so, 
I don't put a whole lot in polls. The only poll that matters to me is the poll that happens on election day when people actually go out and vote. But that does not mean then we don't take for granted that we cannot take for granted the, the coalition that that give us the majority that that Democrats need in order to win. Means we need to make sure that we are talking with black folks, black men and black women, that we are engaging the Latino community, that we are engaging the AEPI community, that we are across the board reaching out to these folks. And that's why just recently the Biden campaign put $25 million in starting that outreach specifically to communities of color to make sure that they know what this administration has been able to do and deliver uh, for those particular communities. So we are we're revving up. We are out fundraising the Republicans right now, which is a good thing. And we're using those resources to build an infrastructure on the ground, particularly in our battleground states, to make sure that we can get the message out about how this administration has really fought for and delivered for the American people. Because that's the important context is, is making sure that people understand that when they see that, that the insulin costs are down, that was Joe Biden and Democrats who did that. When they see the roads and the bridges and the lead pipes being ripped out in their neighborhood, when they see that now you're in a rural community and you're getting the Internet, that was because of Joe Biden and Democrats that made that happen. But people need to connect that. Even on the yesterday, while we were on the train, the announcement on another five billion dollars in student loan relief, that takes it up to one hundred and thirty two billion dollars for almost four million people in this country that Joe Biden Kamala Harris and the Democrats have been able to help either uh, wipe out all of their student debt or eliminate a lot of it and give them some relief. And it, it's important for folks to understand that just didn't happen because of magic. That happened because they went and voted in 2020. They voted again in 2022 to make sure that Joe Biden got elected and that he got some help in the House and in the Senate. And so we got to continue that effort. You want to see the progress, but we got to continue to make sure that we go out there and, and help folks out. And, and Mark, one thing I would love to say is there are a lot of people who have yet to take advantage of the student aid, the student loan forgiveness, or just changing your monthly payment schedule. The president has created this great program called SAVE. Go to studentaid.gov and check and see whether or not you qualify for some of these benefits or whether or not you qualify to get your loans wiped out because many people who've done public service are doing are getting loans wiped out entirely. But make sure you go check that out to either adjust your monthly payments or to see whether or not there's some forgiveness that you qualify for. Studentaid.gov. Studentaid.gov. People, please, please, man, please, sir, take advantage of that. As you speak about the, the need to get the word out about accomplishments. And I can imagine some people listen, let's face it, we've not always been good at that as Democrats. Yeah. Even the Obama years. Why don't y'all let people know what you did? But also in fairness, oftentimes media doesn't want to cover that either. You know, seems uh, like they'd rather cover Joe Biden's shoes, what shoes right. he's wearing instead of talking about right. the forgiveness <laughs> that we we're giving out uh, to people. No, that's very important. That's being pushed out. And I don't envy your position either, my brother, because trying to get that out and get people to understand it. Unfortunately, when Democrats do things, a lot of it, we expect it. So it gets taken for granted. Well, that's what we, that's what you're supposed to do. What do you say to those, though? We, we have this current issue now that has come up with some. It's still difficult to tell how widespread and how really impactful it is or will be. 
but we're getting more reactions than ever before in history, in this country and other countries for that matter, to what is going on between Israel and Gaza. And we're hearing young people, some young people say, particularly in Michigan, we're just not gonna vote. What are your thoughts about that? First of all, let me ask you this. Do, do, does that concern you? Do you think that's a real thing? Is that something that we need to take more seriously and be concerned about? What, what are your thoughts about that? I, I never, I, I always think you can never take anything for granted in politics. You always have to uh, research, look into it, chat with folks. And the one thing I tell folks is, particularly for the Democratic Party, we're a big tent party. We reflect what the diversity in this great nation. That doesn't mean that we're always going to be on the same page within the party on, on certain issues. But the one thing that you know about Joe Biden is that he's going to lead. And he's not leading based off what's going to happen on the polls. He's leading based off what he thinks is the best thing to do, given the situation and what's involved. This is a president with a big heart. The reason why we had the humanitarian pause was because Joe Biden fought for that, making sure we just sent tons of humanitarian aid from the United States to Gaza in order to, to assist the citizens there. But at the same time, the president has said that Israel is the, our, our strongest ally in the Middle East. And so what we would love to see is an end to all of this. We would love to see Hamas taken out. What they did on October 7th is, is just abysmal. And But at the same time, this administration has been reaching out to the Muslim community, to Muslim leaders to sit down to hear the issues that they have, but also been sitting down with the, with Jewish leaders as well. And we're trying our best to, to lead in this situation to make sure that the citizens, civilians are protected, but also making sure that folks know that we can't give a green light to terrorists to, to do what they did. Leading isn't sometimes easy. <laughs> it, it, it's difficult. But if there's anybody that you're going to choose to lead in a situation like this, you choose Joe Biden because of the people that he knows. This is a man who was able to work with Qatar, was able to work with Egypt in order to get some of those hostages released. So he understands the, the region. He understands the long-term politics in that region, but he also knows the players in that region. And I think that's really important in terms of navigating something like this that has been going on for generations. The folks need to understand this ain't nothing new. As long as I know myself, there's always been some conflict in it between Israel and, and Palestinians. And this is a continuation of that. We got to do our best to navigate it, hopefully get back to some kind of some pause where people can get some sense of normalcy back. But it's sad to see and it's sad to witness. And But I, I'm confident that Joe Biden is the right person at the right time in order to help navigate what's going on over there. This whole situation to me gives me anxiety and PTSD from 1980. Oh, yeah. When the Carter oh, administration yeah. just could not, and, and now we know in many ways wasn't allowed to resolve that crisis. Yeah, so some of the things that have come out since then. Yeah. <laughs> when this first happened, and I was 13 then, that's when I became an adult at that moment, when Ronald Reagan took his hand off the Bible, Jamie. I was watching television, I'll never forget it. He took his hand off the Bible after oath and said, the hostages are now free. I was 13, I said, wait a minute, I don't, what, he just, I don't understand, he just got there. What did, you know what I'm saying? That you're still dealing with an alternative that will be worse. There you go. If, if, if Donald Trump is elected president, 
the situation is not going to improve over there. He's going to only get worse. He's going to make it worse. There's only going to, as the president always says, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. And that's, that is true. Donald Trump, in addition, <laughs> this is a man who's praised Hezbollah, who, who's, who has called him smart and smart intelligent and, and, and all the like. <laughs> this is a man who also believes that there should be a Muslim ban. That, that if you're from certain countries, you can't come to the United States, that you should be pro prohibited. And if you're from those countries and you are in the United States, maybe you need to be, be deported to back to those countries. I mean, and Nikki Haley and some of the others on the debate stage last night were in agreement to that to some extent. So folks need to understand, you had to step back. Listen, I'm not saying that the Democratic Party is the perfect party on all issues. There is nothing in life perfect. I've been married for, for what now? 13 years, 13 years. And my wife will tell you, I ain't perfect. <laughs> She's closest to perfect, but we have to understand nothing in our life is perfect. And the party is not going to be where you are every time on every issue. But this is a party be, built on decency, on making sure that we make the American dream uh, accessible and, and available for all of America's people, regardless of your background. I cannot say that for the other party. I can't say that because I've seen what they do. I see what their policies, the impact that they have on it. And we got a president that is empathetic, who's decent, who wakes up each and every day thinking, how can I make life better for all of America's people? And that's something that we should all be proud of. You're not going to agree with them on every single thing, but you know that this is a good, decent man who's going to fight for you and your family and your community. And I, I don't know anybody who can say otherwise and be truthful about Joe Biden. Folks, we're about, well, we're less than a year away now. And here's the other great thing. The, the first primary takes place in your home state. South Kakalaki. And for the first <laughs> time in history. Now, I want to be clear now, because I thought I saw some just the other day. I, Iowa and New Hampshire still aren't trying to do something, are they? Or they're going to do a yeah. Republican thing? Or what are they? So on, on the Republican side, Iowa still, they're still having their caucus first. Okay. Because the Republican and Democrats have two different schedules. So Iowa and New Hampshire, Nevada and South Carolina are the order for the Republicans. In South Carolina, in the Democratic side, the, the order that we have put, it's South Carolina, New Hampshire and Nevada and Michigan as our first four. Now, South Carolina's first, then a few days later, that next Tuesday is supposedly New Hampshire and Nevada. Now, New Hampshire at this point is, they are not following our schedule. And so as a result, and we're, we're giving them as much time as possible, but as a result, there will eventually be, if they do not follow the schedule, there'll be penalties as a result of it. So the first contest that we are allocating delegates. And that's how you get the nomination, folks. You got to get delegates. If you don't, New Hampshire may have some primary when the Republicans have theirs, but there will be no delegates that will be allocated as a result of that. So the first contest to allocate delegates is in South Carolina on February 3rd. And it would be the first time that this state with the voters, with majority probably African-American voters, helping to decide the most powerful person on the face of this earth. And now, at, at the moment, the president is running uncontested as well. Before I do that, though, what would the pen penalties against New Hampshire be? Would their delegates just not be 
Is that one of the punishments that delegates would yeah, get? Yeah, the, there's some impact on delegates that the, the state would get in terms of convention and reductions there. And it, it's this formula that we have, and we can, I have the authority to increase that if I, if so, if I may. But my hope is that we can work something out with New Hampshire so that they continue forward. I want everybody to be able to, to have their delegates at the convention so that they can cast their ballots for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And we, we, we ride off into the sunset winning again in 2024. So we're going to continue to work with New Hampshire at, at this point. Eventually, we'll come to a point where you got to fish a cut bait. Is, is Congressman Dean Phillips going to be on the ballot in any of these states? Is that a real thing? Yeah, so Congressman Phillips, Marion Williamson are on the ballot. I know they're in the ballot in South Carolina. Dean Phillips is not on the ballot in Nevada, but but I think Marianne Williamson is, and I think they've both been working to get on the ballot in Michigan. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Lastly, have you any concerns about some of these third party folks when they're not even third party, they're just independent? Let me correct that. Any of these folks like Cornell West or RFK Jr.? The more we hear about these candidates and the problems and the issues they have, the more thankful I am that we have Joe Biden running for president. And the one thing that I tell folks is in the end of the day, you got to get 270 electoral votes in order to become president of the United States. Some of these third-party candidates aren't even going to be able to get enough on enough ballots to get to 270, and let alone win those particular states. So I say to folks, listen, cast your vote is always important. And make sure you cast your vote so that it counts. In the end of the day, the only two parties that are going to be able to have viable paths to get to 270 are the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. If you want to make sure that you're, you get the full value of your vote, Make sure you're voting for the party that reflects where you are. Again, doesn't have to be 100% spot on to where you are. But in the end of the day, this is going to be likely between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And the question is, do you want four more years of Donald Trump? Or do you want somebody that has really been trying to do all that he can in order to improve this country? And when you look at the legislative achievements of Joe Biden, probably not since LBJ have we seen as much productive legislation that has been passed in order to improve the lives of the people in this country. And uh, there's a lot to be proud of from this president. We just need to make sure that people understand that all these things that they're starting to benefit from, that they know that came because of the leadership of Joe Biden. Jamie Harrison, folks, the chair of the Democratic National Committee, the first ever primary. Yes. To start the process in South Carolina. There you go. And there we, you go. And we look forward to that. Thank you as always, my brother. Thank you, Rep. It's good seeing you. And, and again, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you, buddy. Same to you and yours. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. 
If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. <laughs>